podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the 59th Minute FPL Podcast, which is brought to you by Fantasy Football Scouts. I'm Mark McGettigan, you'll find me on Twitter at FPL General. Recording this episode on Friday afternoon, Double Game Week 34 is done and dusted. There's just four game weeks to go and we've had the manager press conferences this afternoon for Game Week 35. The FPL deadline is a little later than usual this Saturday at 1.30pm UK time as there's no early kickoff. There's also three matches on Monday night which never happens. It's because the King's Coronation is on on Saturday so the FPL schedule is slightly skewed. On today's episodes, I'll take a quick look at how Double Gaming 34 went, welcome four new members to the 59th Minute Club, highlight a few stats that caught my eye, update the watch list, round up the pressers, answer questions and take a look at captaincy and transfers for the weekend. Quick review of Double Game Week 34, finished up on 116 points, that was with a minus 4, so 112, for a very small green arrow from 21k to 20k. The minus 4 was selling Kane, Saka and Rico Henry for Sam Greenwood, Mo Salah and Trent, so that worked out quite well with the Liverpool guys delivering. The late, late Shaw was painful on Thursday night as a non-McAllister owner. That was that just summed up this game of FPL that we play if you were a Shaw owner and a non-McAllister owner. Just four games to go now. Very happy to be sitting at 20k in what has been a long and grueling season. Like many of you, I'm sure I've reached the point where I'm very much looking forward to a break from all things fantasies this summer. Hopefully, we can finish the campaign with four green arrows. A few shout-outs from Gaming 33 and Gaming 34. Apologies that there was no podcast last Friday. Some real-life stuff had to take priority, but all is good now. Had a look back on the minutes from Gaming 33, and I'm happy to welcome Granite Shaka and Gabriel Martinelli to the 59th Minute Club. Notable mention... In game week 33 as well for Diogo Jota at Liverpool, who was very close. He got 58 minutes. Then into game week 34, two new members to the club from that game week as well. Rico Henry and Damsgaard at Brentford. And we know by now Thomas Frank is very much a listener to the podcast. You look at the clock almost every Brentford game and he makes those 59th minute substitutions. Notable mentions in the double game week for the Brighton guys, March, Matoma and McAllister in the first games, 55 minutes for March, Matoma 34 and McAllister 25. Trossard at Arsenal also was very close to becoming probably the first ever player to get two 59th minute shutouts in the same season for two different teams because he's in the club already from his Brighton days in the early part of the season and he got 58 minutes for Arsenal this game week. As always, keep an eye on those clocks in game week 35. A few stats now from Game Week 34. Just a few numbers that caught my eye from having a look at the Fantasy Football Scout members area. Defenders, first of all, Kieran Trippier has been very disappointing. It's something like 13 blanks in the last 15 games, FPL-wise. But he continues to post good numbers, which gives me hope that he will be back in the FPL point soon. He created five chances in Game Week 34. 
Botman, his teammate, had three goal attempts in the box. And at Manchester City, Ake, who was on the score sheet, and John Stones both had two goal attempts in the box. So both players showing some attacking potential there. On to the midfielder stats. Eze, who's been very good in recent game weeks, four chances created. James Madison at Leicester created three. Both decent differentials for the end of the season. Jack Grealish, his numbers across both Manchester City games in terms of shots and chance creation were good. So if you've got Grealish, you'll probably hold on to him. Madison and Saka both had five goal attempts, three of which were from inside the box. Feels doesn't feel great not owning Saka. He's been in my team for most of the season. I think it is five blanks in the last six, but could end up going back there possibly for the final day of the season. Zaha at Crystal Palace and Odegaard at Arsenal both had three goal attempts in the box. And Mohamed Salah had three big chances in Game Week 34, while at Tottenham, Hyungman's son had two. On to the forwards, Erling Haaland, we're used to seeing him scoring goals, but he had good chance creation numbers in the most recent game week, four chances created. Likewise, at Newcastle, Alexander Isak created three chances for his teammate. So Isak, in my mind now at least, when himself and Wilson are both on the pitch, Isak tends to play wide, more of a creator, can obviously still score goals from there as well. But Wilson, to me, is more central, he's the goal scorer, and it's, it is a very tough call between those two for the double game week, which is coming up soon for Newcastle. I'll come back to those because there is a question. Callum Wilson himself played 45 minutes, and in that time, he had six goal attempts in the box. Crazy, crazy numbers. Calvert-Lewin, good to see him back fit. He had five goal attempts in the box as well. And Jamie Vardy, back on the FPL menu, had three big chances in that Leicester game. With Ian Acho injured, sounds like Ian Acho might be back for game week 37. But until then, you know, short term, Jamie Vardy is a differential for those of you chasing could be good. A watch list update now. Quite a lot of change this week because I didn't get a chance to update the watch list towards the end of last week. So basically I've been making changes for two game weeks worth of information. Players removed first of all. These are players I just don't really see myself buying between now and the end of the season with the remaining four free transfers. Gehi at Crystal Palace, Castagna at Leicester, Ben White at Arsenal. Don't like Arsenal's fixtures and I also don't like that Saliba is still not fit and Gabriel is a doubt. Ramsey at Aston Villa, he's kind of gone quiet as well. Probably going to offload Watkins soon, so I'm not really interested there. Andreas Pereira is injured, he's gone. De Bruyne missed out with some niggles recently. Sounds like he's going to be back for the weekend, but again, just don't want to spend that much cash on a midfielder when there's some injury doubts. And Ian Acho also gone from the watch list until he is back fit. More importantly, players added to the watch list ahead of the final four game weeks of the season. This one might surprise you, Ederson, after his benching and his lack of clean sheets recently. But I was having a look at my potential transfers for this weekend my midfield five and my defensive five I'm very happy with quite happy to roll with Haaland and Ollie Watkins up front as well so for my squad if I was to make a transfer this week a goalkeeper transfer makes a lot of sense I've got Everson I've got Raya I could sell Raya for Ederson because I've got the cash but as I'll get to soon Pep's comments today about Ederson don't fill me with confidence I do expect him to come back in but I don't think it's a risk worth taking 
and you know saving a transfer is probably better. I could always get Ederson in when City's double game week is actually here. So Ederson's on the watch list with one eye on that double game week in the future. I've also added his teammate Nathan Ake, who's fit again and who was on the score sheet. Obviously, the City guys are all slightly risky this game week because they've got the game in Madrid on Tuesday night, so they travel to that one. They've got Leeds at home, which is a very easy game on paper. So I do expect some rotation. Um, one positive is with that later FPL deadline, Man City do play at 3 o'clock on Saturday, so we could easily get some team news just slightly before the FPL deadline. So if you're not sure on your transfers, and if you can be online, you know, 15, 20 minutes before the deadline on Saturday, you know, we might find out about players like Ake, Alvarez, you know, Haaland, Grealish, if they're going to play, if they're not going to play. So it might be worth having a plan in place if we get some late news. Other players added to the watch list, I just sold them, but Bakayo Saka will always be in my thoughts when it comes to making midfield transfers. Like I said, probably towards the final game week or two, if he does come back in. Wilfred Zaha could be a nice differential, although he did pick up a knock in the last game, so keep an eye on that one. Riyad Mahrez, again, if there's a team leak and Mahrez starts this weekend, he could be an explosive differential. Willock at Newcastle, I've probably been a bit slow to add him to the watch list. But I do have a free Newcastle spot in my team. I've got Trippier, I've got Fabian Scher, and I'm looking to triple up for the double game week, which is coming up very soon. More likely to go Wilson or Isak, but Willock is there for consideration as well. Harry Kane, like Saka, has just been sold, but gets added straight back to the watch list because he's still a very good FPL asset. Calvert-Lewin is there as well as a differential as Everton fight against survival. Alvarez also from Manchester City for reasons mentioned. If we get a team leak and he starts, I think Alvarez will be a very popular transfer in. Could go from Watkins to Alvarez, for example, and then maybe jump off Alvarez the week after for a Wilson or an Isak. Callum Wilson added to the watch list. Isak's already on it. And finally, Jamie Vardy as the ultimate differential for the final few game weeks. So that's the watch list updated ahead of Game Week 35. I'll update it again next week ahead of Game Week 36. A press conference roundup now ahead of the weekend's action. Alphabetical order as usual. At Arsenal, Saliba is still not training and a late call will be made on his centre-back partner Gabriel while Tommy Asu remains out. There's no updates at the time of recording from Aston Villa or Bournemouth. At Brentford, Ayer is available. At Brighton, Ferguson and Pascal Gross are doubts. Both players will be checked before Monday. And Veltman is expected to miss out again. Also nothing new at Chelsea. Not that they're of much interest FPL-wise at the moment anyway. At Crystal Palace, there was no mention of Wilfred Zaha from Roy Hodgson, so hopefully that means he's going to be okay for the weekends. At Everton, Onana is fine, but Seamus Coleman and Ben Godfrey have been ruled out. There was a few comments from Sean Dyche on Calvert-Lewin. He said he looks freer since I've been here. That's the best I've seen him. His physical presence, the way he was running, and that's a good sign. So I always like to hear those comments from managers if I'm looking to buy a player for FPL. At Fulham, Andreas Pereira and Tim Ream are out for the rest of the season. At Leeds, Big Sam is in, but Cooper, Adams and Sinistera are ruled out. At Leicester City, Ricardo Pereira and Johnny Evans are back in training and could be in contention. Ian Acho, as I mentioned, could be back 
earlier than expected around gimmick 37 good comments from smith on vardy as well he said people will have seen his performances the hunger desire the work rate that his legs are still there his brain is still there we're really pleased that he's in a good place at the moment so calvert lewin and jamie vardy both being talked up by the respective managers at liverpool klopp said jota is still nursing a back issue he said he trained yesterday but he didn't do a lot so if i own jota I think I'd be tempted to lose him. Maybe you go a week earlier on a Wilson or an Isak. At Manchester City, there was positive comments from Pep on Kevin De Bruyne's fitness. He said he trained yesterday. He trained good. Today we're going to train and we're going to decide after training if he's fit, he can play. So positive news. I expect to see De Bruyne in the City team. His comments on Ederson, he said he's ready to play like he was against West Ham. Tomorrow we will decide. So who knows, maybe it wasn't just a rest for Ederson. Maybe we will see Ortega get another start. So for me, that's enough just to put me off the Raya to Ederson transfer. I just need to decide, do I start Everson against Fulham or Raya against Liverpool and hope for some saves? Both are, you know, neither goalkeepers are great options this week, which is why I was eyeing up Ederson with the double game week in mind as well. But I don't want to buy Ederson and then see him benched and then have a Manchester City slot taken up by him if he becomes a problem. So I think I'm just going to roll the transfer and reassess that one in a couple of game weeks' time. No updates at the time of recording from Manchester United. At Newcastle, St. Maximin is back in training and Longstaff is closing in on a return. No updates either from Nottingham Forest and there was nothing of note at Southampton. At Tottenham, Hugo Lloris has been ruled out for the rest of the season. At West Ham, David Moyes is hopeful of having Rice, Suchek and Aguirre back following illness. They missed out midweek. And finally at Wolves, Semedo will be assessed having returned to training. Question time now. I'm going to try and do these quick fire because I'm conscious some of you will be listening close to the deadline. Question from Dominic Hurst. Dominic says, it feels like the last few weeks of transfers will be similar for all of us. For example, get in Newcastle, Brighton, Manchester United and Manchester City picks for their double game weeks. Is it worth following the crowd or should we differentiate? I think the key here is those teams mentioned, they're all good teams. Newcastle, Brighton, United and City. We're not just buying double game week players for the sake of it. I think back to Emmanuel Dennis and Joshua King. Was that last season or two seasons ago? When we loaded up on their players, you know, Veghorst when he was at Burnley, all that kind of stuff. That's not what we're doing at the moment. The good teams have double game week, so I think you don't overthink it. You focus your transfers on those teams for the rest of the season. I don't think you need to be different just for the sake of it, because there's a very good chance the players from those teams will punish you if you decide to go against. Question from Andrew. What should we do with Ederson after his midweek benching? So... For me, it's probably, Ederson's now probably a don't buy, don't sell. Now, if he is your only starting goalkeeper, there is probably a case for losing him. But if you've got an Everson or something like that on your bench, then I think it's absolutely fine. You take the risk, you play Ederson, and if he doesn't, at least you've got something coming off your bench. It's not going to be a zero-pointer. Like I said, I do expect Ederson to come back in, but we never know what that brain of Peps is thinking and this could be some kind of master plan that he's got that Ortega comes in and takes over. Again, I think that's unlikely. So if you've got Ederson, I still favour just playing him, hoping he comes back in, 
And, you know, I'd rather save a transfer, I think, than sell him this game week. Very interesting to see how that plays out over the weekend. Question from Bass Belfi from the great FPL Optimised podcast. Best one-week punt for Manchester City. Bass is thinking of moving Watkins to Alvarez. Would you do it? Watkins will be a sell after this game week anyway. Might go early and hope that Alvarez will outscore him this game week. Bass also mentions Mares and Foden could be interesting, but it's more difficult to get there. Yeah, again, I think it's one of those frustrating weeks where a lot depends on team leaks and I hate having to wait for those. Um, I don't think there's an easy way to solve that problem FPL-wise and we did move the deadline half an hour earlier. You know, It used to be an hour before the deadline, it's now 90 minutes before the deadline but we're still waiting for team leaks and we're still getting them from time to time. So again, that's you could do a whole podcast in itself on a solution to that. But I think, again, transfers this week very much depend on an early team leak because it is City and they do play Leeds and there is risk of rotation before the Champions League game. So do wait until close to the end if you can. If there's no team leak, if there's no news, I think it's absolutely fine to keep Watkins. Yes, he's blanked in three games, but he plays Wolves, who are, let's face it, not a great side. Watkins could easily be back in the goals this weekend. If there is a team leak and Alvarez plays, then yes, I think it's worth a gamble. Watkins to Alvarez, I think, is absolutely fine. But you do still need to weigh up you know, a free transfer, banking one instead, because if you bank one this week, you might be able to roll it all the way until the final day of the season, when all the games are at the same time, when we could get lots of team leaks, and you could have two free transfers for two punts for the final game week of the season. So I do think Watkins to Alvarez is fine, but only if we get news that he starts. Likewise, Morris and Foden, absolutely fine, but Morris and Foden, to me, they feel more short-term, uh, I'd like Alvarez more because it probably is a one-week punt and you're probably moving him to Isak or Wilson the week after if you don't already have triple Newcastle. So let's see what happens close to deadline on Saturday. Question from FPL Canadian. What is the best City triple up to attack the Leeds game and prepare for their upcoming double game week? I think it's really tricky this week to kind of pinpoint who the best City triple up is because there is that risk of rotation before the Champions League game. I would have said Ederson before the benching for security of starts, but Pep's reminded us that nobody is safe in his team. Haaland, obviously, number one. I'm thinking long-term here rather than just the Leeds game. Haaland's number one. I would still probably put Grealish number two, even though his minutes could be at risk this weekend. And then maybe a defensive asset, someone like a Diaz, a Stones or an Ake. You could probably go for any of those and you should get plenty of minutes in the final four game weeks of the season. Ederson might be a good pick next week if he's back in this weekend. So I'm going to say Haaland's, Grealish and Ake for the long term. But it's it's a bit of a lottery. And, you know, do we even need triple up is something we probably should be asking ourselves between now and the double game week. Question from Nick Grounds. Is Saka a sell, particularly if we don't have any Manchester United midfielders? Yes, Double game weekers from good teams are always going to win out for me. That's why I happily sold Saka last week to accommodate Salah and also Trent. If you don't have Rashford, if you don't have Bruno, I think those are better picks than Saka for the next couple of game weeks. Question from FPL Brooklyn. Is Jota officially a sell now that he's a minutes risk or should he hold because of his explosiveness? And if it's a sell, which Newcastle forward do you prefer? So I think after those comments today, you know, Klopp saying he didn't do much training yesterday, that puts me off. Um, you know, Darwin came, you know, Darwin played and scored. 
Diaz is back in the picture now as well. I think Firmino's back in training next week. There's so many options there for Klopp. Yeah, and given that we the evidence is there that Jota is carrying a knock, if I owned him, that would be enough for me just to lose him and, and bring a Newcastle attacker in a week early or take the punt on Alvarez if we find out that he's starting. Which Newcastle forward to go for is the big question. I think it'll be hotly debated topic next week. Probably whichever one scores the most points this weekend will be the one most flocked to next week. At the moment, I'm probably leading Callum Wilson, given his recent form and that he does tend to play more centrally. I don't think it's very clear who takes penalties, but I don't think that matters too much anyway. I think I've probably been guilty of putting too much weight on penalty takers in FPL in the last couple of seasons. I don't think there's even been too many this year. So I'm trying to kind of shake that off and kind of focus on the on the open play prospects rather than the penalty factor. I think both options is viable if you can get there. I don't even mind losing a Newcastle defender. If you've got double Newcastle defence uh, to get both strikers for the double game week. So for me, it's Wilson at the moment, but I'll be watching very closely this weekend to see how they look. They've got Leeds and Brighton in double game week 36. Also, I think the fixture this week is fine. It's Arsenal, but there's no Saliba. Gabriel's a doubt. So if Gabriel doesn't play, it's going to be the new guy, Keywar and Holding most likely at centre-back. So that wouldn't put me off getting a Newcastle striker a week early. Question from at Pep Roulette. I don't know how you managed to get that Twitter handle. I'm sure Pep himself would, would probably buy that off you if you offered it to him. So well done on that. Pep Roulette says, I'm a David Raya and Kepa owner. Is transferring steel from Brighton and still worth it with the double game weeks in mind? Yes, I think it is. If I didn't already have triple Brighton, I've got Matoma March and a stupid in, but if I didn't already have those three, I think I'd probably be looking at Raya or Kepa out this week for Steele. You know, I'm looking at Ederson, but if, if Steele was an option for me, I think I'd be strongly considering it for those upcoming back-to-back double gaming. So I probably would do that. If you don't have any other issues in your team, selling one of those keepers to get Steele in to me makes a lot of sense. Question from Dazzler FPL. Are there any Chelsea players worth targeting for their double game week? The short answer here is no. Double game week 37 for Chelsea is away to Man City and away to Manchester United. I have absolutely zero interest in their defenders or their attackers. It'll be next season at least before I own another Chelsea player in FPL. Next question is from Anthony FPL Dimmer. With four game weeks remaining, who are the three most essential players to have and hold for the remainder of the season? Haaland always going to be number one for me. I'm going to put Rashford number two. And I think the third pick is up for debate, but I think it's probably got to be a Brighton player. And it depends on what your preference is. I've said Matoma. I've been very loyal to him. And I'm a big fan of him. He has been quiet FPL-wise, but he did pass the eye test for me midweek. And I'm hoping he's going to be back in the goals and assist soon. You could put March in there. You could put McAllister if you like him. You could put a Stupin in. But certainly, I think at least one Brighton pick is essential because they've got the back-to-back double game weeks. Question from Mark Kelly. A lot of talk now about how to chase those ahead, but I'm top of my mini league by 25 points. Any advice on how to close out a season defensively? Do I begin transferring in second place as players, for example, or do I just stick to the plan? Good question. Basically, at this point in the season, you're going to have some managers who mini leagues are all that matter. Some people 
only care about overall rank, which is basically my approach. I don't really care too much about many leagues these days. You've also got managers who obviously care about both. They want to win their many leagues and they want to get a good overall rank. But I get the impression here that Mark is very many league focused when he's asking about it. So if many league is your only goal and you're not, you don't really care about your overall rank, I think you do play strategically. And if you are 25 points ahead, it does make sense to you know, block off moves. You know, if you're, if the person behind you has Salah, for example, and he's got good fixtures, it makes sense to go and get him because Salah could be the player that, you know, claws back those 25 points over the next few game weeks. So certainly don't be afraid to play defensively if your overall rank doesn't matter. If you do care about overall rank, again, it's probably a slightly different approach. You probably stick to the plan. You stick to what you've been doing all season and you don't worry too much about what your rivals are doing. But best of luck, Mark, and I hope you seal the deal over the next four game weeks. Game week 35, captaincy and transfers now. I think the obvious captaincy candidate is Erling Haaland at home to Leeds. There will be pandemonium on Saturday if we get news before the deadline that Haaland is benched and FPL website will probably crash. So be prepared for that eventuality. But for me, on current information, Erling Haaland captain against Leeds is an easy choice. Mohamed Salah is a good option at home to Brentford if we find out Haaland is not playing. And Harry Kane at home to Crystal Palace is absolutely fine as well. But go Haaland 1, Salah 2. Hurricane 3 would be my top three for captains this week. If we find out Alvarez is starting and Haaland is benched, do we captain Alvarez? I'm not sure. I, I think Alvarez is a good punt for one game week. If I was to bring him in for Watkins, I think I would still captain Salah over Alvarez. It's probably a pretty close call, but Salah and Liverpool have been better recently, so I think I would go with the old reliable and just have Alvarez as a decent differential. In terms of transfers, I've got three options noted down. Option one is always, can I save the transfer? I think the answer to that this week is certainly yes, with one eye on having two frees for game week 38. Option two, if we get early city team news, Watkins to Alvarez, then jump off Alvarez to a Newcastle forward in game week 36. Even if we find out Alvarez is starting, I might stick with Watkins because I'm not ready to give up hope on him just yet maybe keep him one more week against Wills and then sell him for Isak or Wilson and have those two free transfers for the future and then option three which I was looking at was David Raya to Ederson but I've kind of gone off that now with uh, Pep's comments so very much looking at saving a transfer at this stage even if we find out Alvarez starts but I'll chew on that between now and the deadline. My current 11 for Gaming 35 is Everson. I need to weigh up, do I start Everson or David Raya? Everson's got better clean sheet percentages, but Raya is a very good goalkeeper and could get a lot of saves against Liverpool. Back three of Trent, Trippier and Stupinen. I also need to weigh up Trippier versus Shaw, who's currently on my bench, leaning towards Trippier at the moment. Midfield five, Salah, Rashford, Bruno, Matoma and March. That picks itself up front, Haaland, Captain and Ollie Watkins. Thanks for listening, folks. I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review and hit the subscribe button and give it a share or a retweet if you enjoyed it. It helps old and new listeners find the podcast. And if you'd like to support me as a full-time FPL content creator, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash FPL general, or you can simply buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash FPL general.
Best of luck this weekend, and I'll talk to you again early next week. I'm not sure yet if it's going to be a Monday podcast or a Tuesday podcast. Usually we go for Mondays at midday, but because there's three games on Monday night, it might make sense to hold off an extra 24 hours and record Tuesday morning instead. So it'll either be a Monday-Friday podcast next week or it'll be Tuesday-Friday, but you'll certainly get two episodes before Game Week 36. Best of luck and have a great weekend, folks. Podcast Network.